This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is Lewis Art for Boxing Social in association with Empire Fightstore and William Hill. Delighted today to be joined with the WBO Cruiserweight World Champion, Chris Billum-Smith. Um, first of all, how does that sort of sound? I know it's been a couple of months now, but how does that sound to be, I mean, the Cruiserweight World Champion? Yeah, yeah, sounds good, mate. Sounds good for me. Um, obviously, still a bit, uh, a bit weird hearing it, but now it's uh, getting used to it. Definitely. How do you sort of reflect on that night now? You've had a lot of sort of, you had a, had a bit of time off, had a bit of sort of time to enjoy it. So you went on holiday. Sort of, how was that time since becoming a world champion now? How was sort of to, to sort of chill? Yeah. Um, yeah. What was, you know, it was a bit mad at first. And then it was all a bit of a rush in terms of the next day. I went straight on holidays with very little sleep. So, um, and then I went straight from that holiday to a stag do. So it was all a bit mental. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it, you know, it's, it's good now to settle down. And um, I've watched the fight back a couple of times more recently as well. Um, just what could have, you know, sort of analysing it rather than just watching it. Um, so yeah, you know, it's a phenomenal night, phenomenal memories. And it's um, just, you know, for me now, it's just about pushing on. And it's a, it's a great memory, but, and, you know, could talk about it and, and watch it and, and enjoy it, but I'm very much back in the mode of being driven and, and about what's next. Was you stealing a lot of the shine on the stag do then, becoming like the new world champion? <laughs> no, no, my, uh, my, my mates wouldn't, um, they wouldn't allow me to do that, that's for sure. Um, so no, wasn't, wasn't really recognised much in Barcelona, so, uh, it was uh it was nice to be able to celebrate with all the lads though because uh, they're all my close friends and it was um you know um I didn't get a chance to celebrate with them on the night because uh I was at the stadium till <clears throat> half two um and then by then you know they'd all got home and stuff by the time I had a chance to have gone out so uh yeah it was um it was nice to be able to properly you know celebrate with them and, and be spend a good weekend with them definitely. When you look back on it now, for someone like you, who's it's been a, it's been sort of a hard road. It's been a hard road for you, sort of from the small hall to, to work your way up to the position that you're in now. Is it a pinch yourself moment in a way to think that you got the you got the you know you got the WBO strap? 
um yeah in in a way yeah for sure you know it's i wasn't expected to reach this this level um i knew i was always capable of doing it i just needed the right fights at the right time and the right team around me and uh thankfully i've, I've got all those things and um as well as you know the support of the town which have been a has been huge for me uh to to be able to put massive nights on in, in bournemouth over the last year the last three fights um obviously culminating in in, in the world title fight so um at the stadium. So, you know, I've, I've had a lot of things going my way in terms of the support the team have had around me. Um, and I've given, been given every opportunity. And I think I've, I like to think now that I've repaid all the support over the years, everyone's to everyone who's helped me and supported me um, by, you know, getting, getting to the top of the division. Definitely. One thing I wanted to say, and I think George, George Groves mentioned it uh, a couple of weeks ago, literally just after your fight. And he talked about post fight, what you sort of done and, how special it was where you just chilled with everyone. And he said it was sort of something similar to, to what he'd done when he became a world champion, doing that in your hometown. And actually when you, when you got the world champion, you've achieved your lifelong dream and, and spending it with the people that mean the most to you straight away after the fight with your family, friends, was that sort of a special feeling? Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we, my, I made sure my change room after a fight, but, um, you know, I asked them all to, to take it easy on, on the drink and, you know, not get drunk. And then the, they can all come in the change room with me after. So that was a really nice feeling, really special moment for us as a family, I think, for everyone to be there. My mum and my dad, um, my brothers, you know, to all be there. The, the team, obviously. Luke Campbell, George Groves, you know, people who I've spent years in the gym with who I've looked up to since I was an amateur. Um to have them there with me and the current crop of the people in the gym and stuff. So, um, along obviously along with my my wife. Um, so yeah, it was a, a special moment. And then went back to the the hotel. That was just with the team. My yeah. wife had to go home to uh, relieve the babysitter. By the time we, you know, the babysitter was working till two two a.m. And by that time, yeah. I still wasn't out of the stadium. So she had to go back and um, relieve the babysitter. And I just went back to my room with Shane, George, Jake McGuigan there their partners and, and, and a couple of others. And, uh, yeah, just, just chilled, sat and ate pizza and, uh, yeah, bit of a, bit of a surreal thing. You know, it was, felt very normal, but was very, it was a buzz in the air, but everyone was also knackered and, and it was very chilled. Definitely. How do you, how did you look back on that fight week as a whole, you know, from, from the workout to the press conference to, to the weigh-in, everything about it was, all, was sort of all about you. And you brought sort of so many South Coast fighters with you. For me, who was there fight week, I covered the whole fight week. And I'm not just saying this to you, but it was one of my favourites. Everything about it was sort of perfect, weren't it? Yeah, I mean, from a aesthetic point of view and, and the way it the way it looked and everything, yeah. I mean, I I felt terrible oh, fight week because yeah, yeah. I was ill. But oh, um, I forgot about that, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, but so on the Wednesday the workout was was hard because yeah. I had to really put on a brave face. I felt awful in the ring, but yeah. I had to sort of go over and above to to show that I was all right. Um, I remember getting interviewed by Sky Sports on the little stage they had set up on on the pier there, and I stepped back and I almost stepped off the back of it, and I was sort of swaying as as people were talking to me. But um, look, by Thursday I felt a bit better at the press conference, and then I started feeling a bit better. I couldn't really stomach much food after even after the weigh-in. I think I only had about three meals from the weigh-in to the to the fight. Um, and I didn't eat, you know, anything from Thursday breakfast, I think, apart from maybe a rice cracker or two. 
Um, so yeah, it wasn't wasn't the best best in, in that sense. Yeah. But when you look at the the workout and the the presser with the weather and where it was, the setting, everything like that, um, yeah, phenomenal. And it's um, it's amazing to to for for me to to have that. And obviously in my hometown, I mean, I was there. Was it last September? No, September before last. Um, I was on that pier at one of my mates' weddings. Um, yeah. You know, and and on you know, so it was a bit of a bit of a different experience, but it's uh, amazing. So it's, it felt very homely. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a really good fight week. Obviously, um, bar being being sick, really. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. Actually, when I mentioned it there, I completely forgot about the illness. That must have been sort of a difficult thing to get get over, especially on such a big fight week where it's like the worst time for it to happen. Yeah, uh, but you don't have a choice. Look, the fight's going to happen. I'm not letting 15,000 fans down. I'm not missing this opportunity for a world title. So that's my mindset. I was like, it, it doesn't matter what happens on fight night. I'm having no excuses in terms of, you know, I, 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 I kind of got an excuse to why I was a bit flat in my performance and I, I couldn't really do as much work as I would have liked because I felt like I couldn't go through the gears, but I didn't have to because I knew I was in control of the fight and the way the fight was going. But if I'd had to, then, you know, it, it, it may have been different, but um, I was able to control it. And yeah, I mean, going into the the fight night, it's just, you're, you're in a different mind. I think a lot of fighters would be the same and they just, it doesn't matter what's gone on. You just, you just get on with it. And I think that's just how it's got to be. You, you, it's the only opportunity I was ever going to get to win a world title at the stadium. Um, you know, if I pulled out, I probably would never have got that opportunity again. So for me, there was no, there was never any, I was never pulling out. I was just, I knew I was going to fight. And I just said to myself, worst comes to worst. We get in the change room and I feel terrible in the warm up. I just won't warm up and I'll just give it everything and, you know, empty the tank for 40 minutes and, you know, thirty six minutes and, and, and just give it everything and, and see how it goes. But um yeah, obviously thankfully it it played out all right. I felt a little bit better. I felt, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um a little bit low on energy because I couldn't really refuel as well as I would like to or put on as much weight as I would have liked to. But um you know, that's all all doesn't matter now. It's all irrelevant now because we got the win. Definitely, hundred percent. And when you when you got the win, when the after winning the world title, Shane obviously came out and said he was saying that it was his proudest moment and his biggest achievement. For someone like that who's trained so many fighters, you know, Groves, Hay, um, the Josh Taylor, the list goes on and on. For him to say that, and everyone knows sort of you, you two come together. Do you know what I mean? The link up between the link up between you two is it's, it's a special link up between a trainer and a trainer and a, and a fighter. So to hear, hear him come out and say that when you think about how experienced he's been and in a short time, how special was to hear that for you for him to say that? Yeah, yeah, it's really special, and I think he's he's right. You know, I came to Shane as a I was an international, you know, amateur like a lot of the lads are, like Josh Taylor and Frampton, and you know, the likes of George Groves and David Hay and Luke Cam. All those people have uh, experienced before they came to Shane and and done well, um, and he still improved them. But I think the from the the bottom to the top, you know, it's yeah. uh a huge, huge achievement. And um, I owe the McGuigan so much and um, they've been, a, a, you know, as much as the credit goes to me needs to go to them as well because they've managed my career superbly. 
and they've you know, and we've I've put in the work but they've given me the platform and the training and everything to to go out there and, and do my job so it's um it's the perfect match I don't think any other trainer would have been able to get as much out of me as Shane has already and continues to do um so yeah it's um it's nice to to hear that from Shane and uh you know we've got a brilliant friendship and the uh long may it continue moving on um not in, not going into too far too far into forwards yet but one thing I wanted to ask you as a person in yourself how do you sort of get how do you carry on I'm not not I'm not saying you to retire but how do you carry on after this? winning the world title at Bournemouth such a dream for you what keeps you motivated to keep going and, and keep on going after this well if I was to for example if we were to have if, if the rematch happens and if I was to lose the rematch no as much as I've got that night it's you know, there's not a legacy there there's nothing like that um and I'm not talking about a legacy like a you know a hall of fame or anything like that i'm talking about in my own head there's no there's that one night that a lot of people remember but other than that what like where's the substance to the career um yeah i've got some good wins but you need to keep winning it's very easy very easily forgotten in this sport um mm -hmm. it's you need huge nights if if tony bellew had, had retired after the Maccabi win at goodison he wouldn't have been remembered he's remembered yeah. for the david hay fights the big fights the the thing like that and and for me that's that's what it's about because the more you remember the more opportunities you get post career as well whereas if if it was if I was to retire now um then it's still it's back you know the money's I haven't earned the money that you that you want to you want you want to earn and you're able to go out and do stuff you know uh, you still need the paydays and stuff you want to earn good money so you can go and do the next thing and um, and build on it and then the bigger your name the more people you can help along the way whether that's boxers whether that's charities whether whatever it is um, so yeah it's about building myself so I can do more with you know my brand as a boxer you're always your own personal brand so um, for me that's the uh, that's the key and then that that's what motivates me is just keep keep going and, and keep improving I'm, the fight itself wasn't uh, you know, it wasn't a spectacle in terms of the of the actual fight. Yeah. Watching it back's not not easy. So yeah, yeah. it would have been different maybe if you know I we got to the ninth tenth round and I'd, I'd knocked Lawrence out and that was that. But it is still like hard watch and it wasn't. You I'm not. I liked being in good fights, you know, and I have been. And I'm an entertaining fighter, and that's what I want to be. I want to be remembered for being, take you know, fighting everyone, obviously being good and winning, but be also being in in good entertaining fights and and putting everything on the line. And I think that's that that's not done yet. You know, my my career is not done. It can't be defined by this night. It might be later on, but I still don't think that. I think there's huge fights out there bigger fights out there and bigger nights out there for me and um that's what motivates me and, and, and drives me definitely well, we'll go on to sort of the future you just mentioned there about a rematch do you know anything sort of happening is as a Cody activated a rematch clause has he not is there a deadline on this what's the sort of story there yeah he activated it uh the deadline was up but would have been up by now but he, he activated the rematch clause, i believe so uh i've left it with my team um as far as i'm concerned He's activated it, um, 
and they're working. I've, to be honest, I don't really know um, until something. I tell them not to tell me too much. They keep me updated with little bits of piece here and there, but I'm not really interested until it comes to signing a contract or we've got you know dates in stone and stuff like that. Um, I'm back in the gym now, training anyway, so I'm there if anything else unfolds. If, if Shane gets a phone call from his brother Jake um, or anything like that, I'm, I'm there and training. So, um, yeah, it's uh, I'm back up, been back up ticking over for the last few weeks. You know, three days a week up in London, uh, back home for for a few days now. But um, yeah, it's uh, if that's what's next, which I always thought it would be. You know, I know Lawrence messaged me the next day after the fight saying like congratulations and everything. Like, um, blah, blah blah. And I said, yeah, um, you know, sort of. Likewise, thank you for the opportunity, and uh, you know, I'm sure I'll be be seeing you soon, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so that's always been in my mind that before the fight that I've got to beat Lawrence twice in the next sort of six to eight months, or, or six months, should I say, um, before the end of the year, and then uh, yeah, and then that's that's always been my mindset. So, um, that's that's the focus at the moment. If anything changes, then um, I'll be ready for it. Do you, do you feel like you have scored to settle for this rematch in a way where it the first fight you said it was sort of a tough a tough watch but not not really down to your own fault a lot of I mean Akoli had three points sort of deducted very lucky to not to be disqualified do you feel like you want to settle this score after sort of disappoint being disappointed in that first fight? Um, it's not about that. It's just I mean the good thing for me is like I can settle the score because I can go into the second fight you know touch wood be 100% for the second fight yeah, where I was a lot flatter for the first fight so I know that'll make it more entertaining it'll give me more energy give me more I think for Lawrence he's got to really change because of the way he boxed in that fight there was like you said he could have been disqualified obviously I'm very very glad he wasn't because you don't yeah. want to win a world title by disqualification um, but yeah um, it's, it's, it's part of the business it's a voluntary defence um, against you know, a Brit where it's an old stable mate. So he's going to get a rematch clause put in. I understood that when I signed the fight. Um, but we signed the fight knowing that I'm going to have to beat him twice and that I can beat him twice. So that's, for me, it's just, it's it's not necessarily a, a score to settle or anything like that. It's just the business and that's part of it. Um, I think it helps me having... You know, another camp for Lawrence, I'll, I'll be better. You know, if you look at the Tommy McCarthy rematch, um, you know, I made a few adaptations and, and was much more motivated, yeah, course, even more so for the second fight. So um, that's sort of how, how, how I look at it. Definitely. And how long do you think, it's a hard really question to ask, but how long do you look at staying for cruiserweight for? Because I know you mentioned heavyweight before and being the WBO champion, that could make you mandatory for heavyweight. So how often have you got heavyweight in your eyes? No, look, I haven't got heavy. I think I did that interview with, was it with Sky Sports? I think they, they mentioned it, but it was a, I think it got lost in the headline, to oh, be okay. honest. Yeah, it was a bit yeah. of a tongue-in-cheek comment um, that if I got made, I think you have to be a WBO gold champion, which I'm not oh, sure how many defences that is, to be, you know, move up and be yeah, a, yeah, become a mandatory. Um, so, yeah, I think there's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek comment. Look, I, I don't envisage heavyweight at the moment 
but look, never say never. There's there's people up there, you know, even Usyk, a a cruiserweight up at heavyweight. Yes, he's he's obviously a, a decent sized heavyweight, but he's I think we're the same height um, and stuff like that. But look, I've got business to do at cruiserweight first um, before I've, I think about moving up. I've got a lot of improving to do as a fighter, and um, I think that's the the key for me is just keep improving as a fighter. Um, clean up as much as you can at, at cruiserweight, and then if the opportunity arises at, at heavyweight, um, then then so be it. You talked about unfinished business there. Well, last one from me. We see that obviously React was mandatory for Jai Pattaya, a, a fight that I'm sure that you'll have. You'll be definitely keeping your eyes on. I know you, you'll have a, a Coley rematch to deal with, but are you sort of keeping one eye on that as well? Especially yeah, with the unfinished sure, business of React Wars. Yeah, I hope it gets made. Um, obviously, Opatai's just signed with Matchroom, so I feel like that's <laughs> thrown a bit of a spanner in the works. But um, I think, yeah, I think that's a really interesting fight. Um, ideally, for me, obviously, I'd want Richard to win that. But either way, if Richard's fighting Opatai, it gets Opatai's name out over here, and if he wins, it be- becomes a bigger fight between me and him than if I was to be the first Brit to fight him, for example. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting fight. It's what we don't really know what Opatire is like in terms like now because he's had a long layoff. He's had managerial issues. He's had you know disputes. He's been got arrested, I think, at one yeah, stage he did, when he was yeah. out, you know, drunk. So, what's his lifestyle been like? Outside of that, um, Richard's always in shape. Richard's always improving, um, and he can bang. So, I think if you look at form in their last fights, then you, you'd you'd pick up a tire. But there's a lot of factors that come into play in terms of mentality when you know a tire has become sort of he beat the man of the division when he beat Breedis. So maybe that's gone to his head, sort of, and it, and it happens. It happened with Tiafimo Lopez when he beat. Um, Lomachenko took his eye off the ball and Cambosis beat him. So it, it happens a lot um, in the sport. But you, so you just really don't know how that fight's going to go. Um, for me, it's a hard one to call, but I'll be rooting for Richard. You know, for me, I hope he beats him and then we can fight um, and, and have that rematch for the unification. And that makes it a, a huge, huge fight. And um, one, obviously, I'd be licking my lips for. 100%. Chris, just wanted to say thank you for taking the time to speak to me. Uh, I really appreciate you taking it out. And uh, yeah, it means a lot. I appreciate you chatting to me, mate. And all the best with you. Nice one. Thanks for your time as well, Lewis. Cheers, cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. Thanks for that. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.